Welcome to PJ's Torah Corner. Today is the 4th of Kislev, so we are three weeks away from Hanukkah. So get ready to get lit with your menorahs and fat with your edible fried calories. In other news, today we're going over the weekly Chumash, meaning the weekly portion of the five books of Moses with my friend MC. We're also going to mention Rashi, the foremost commentator on the Torah and his explanation of some parts of this Torah portion. Before we jump into it, here are some Hebrew names for people mentioned in this Torah portion who you may already be familiar with. Avraham, who is Abraham. Yitzchak, who is Isaac. Rivka, who is Rebekah. Yaakov, who is Jacob. Esav, who is Esau. Yishmael, who is Ishmael. So sit back, relax, and learn something. Take it away, MC. Thank you, PJ. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Toldos. Last week's portion had dealt with the conclusion of Avraham's life and the passing on of his legacy to his son Yitzchak. This week's Parsha now deals with the life of Yitzchak and his children. Yitzchak had married Rivka at the age of 40, but for 20 years of the marriage, they were unable to have children. The two pray for a child and their prayers are answered. Rivka's pregnancy is difficult with the children struggling in her womb and she is told she will give birth to twins who will become two separate nations. Each one will only be great when they have an upper hand over the other and the older will eventually serve the younger. The first twin is born red and covered in hair. He is named Asav from the word Naasa, made, since he came out fully formed with his hair already grown. The second one comes out afterward gripping Asav's heel and he is named Yaakov from the word Akev meaning heel. The two brothers' differences become apparent as they grow up. Yaakov is drawn towards spirituality, and Esav towards physicality, and eventually towards idolatry and other negative influences. Esav is described as a man of the field, a hunter. Rashi says the language here hints to the fact that he was deceitful. He knew how to display false piety to his father and to other people, and hide the true nature of what he was actually doing behind the scenes. However, Yaakov is described as Tom, simple, straightforward. He wasn't, he was somebody who outwardly showed his true nature and was someone who sat in the tents, which Rashi says means the houses of study, meaning that he studied with his righteous ancestors, Shem and Eber. Yitzhak loved Esau because either, however you read it, either that he, because Esau cooked for Yitzhak or because he deceived Yitzhak with his words, whereas Rivka loved Yaakov. Rashi tells us that around this point, Avraham passes away, and Yaakov cooks a lentil stew as a mourner's meal. Esau comes back exhausted from the field and demands some of Yaakov's food. Yaakov will only give it over to Esau if he sells the birth, him his birthright, the right to become Yitzchak's heir to continue the divine mission. Esau has no interest in inheriting this, so he sells it to Yaakov in exchange for a hot meal. He thus shows his scorn for the birthright and the divine service that it entails. Later, a famine breaks out in the land, Yitzhak wishes to go to Egypt like his father had done, but God instructs him to remain in the land. So Yitzhak moves to Gerar, the land of the Philistines. He tells everyone that Rivka is his sister, so that no one will try and kill him and take his wife. Sometime later, though, Yitzhak lets his guard down, and Avimelech, the king of the Philistines, deduces that they actually are married. Avimelech is upset that Yitzhak was not honest about this, but decrees that no one is to harm Yitzhak. Yitzhak starts farming, and despite the famine, God makes his field produce a hundred times what they normally would. He becomes wealthier than anyone else in the country. The Philistines grow jealous of him and seal up the wells that Avraham had previously dug there. Avimelech asks Yitzchak to leave the city, and he leaves after redigging those wells. Yitzchak then, outside of the city, digs a new series of wells outside of the uh, series of wells. But each time he 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 finds water, the Philistines argue and claim the well for themselves. 
However, the third time this happens, no one tries to take the wall from him. Eventually, Avimelech reconciles with Yitzchak, renewing the peace treaty that Avraham had made with him. Esav, at the age of 40, marries two of the local Hittite women. This was, Rashi says this was the same age that Yitzchak had gotten married, that Esav had wanted to make a big display of piety by emulating his father, while in reality, he was, this was all just a big show. These women worshipped idols in the household, causing deep distress for Yitzchak and Rivka. As Yitzchak grows old, he begins to grow blind. And Rashi says this is because of the idolatry of Esav's wives that, that spiritually harmed him. He wishes to bless Esav in his old age. So he asks Esav to hunt and cook him a special dish beforehand. Rivka sees Esav leave and tells Yaakov to disguise himself as Esav to take the blessing. Rivka cooks the dish, dresses Yaakov in Esav's clothes, and puts goat skins on him so he'll feel hairy, just like Esav, to his father's touch. Yaakov enters disguised as Esav. Yitzchak exclaims, although the hands feel like Esav, the voice is that of Yaakov. Nevertheless, Yitzchak seems to be convinced, and so he eats the food and then blesses Yaakov in Esau's place. Not long after, Esav returns, only to hear that his father had already given the blessing. Yitzchak is shocked when he realizes that he hadn't actually blessed the real Esav, but he upholds the blessing he doesn't retract what he had done. Esav realizes that he's been deceived by his brother. He begs his father for a blessing, and Yitzchak gives him a different blessing. Esav, in his heart, plans to kill Yaakov once their father dies. Rivka figures this out and tells Yaakov to flee to Rivka's brother in the land of Haran until Esav's wrath subsides. Yaakov's parents instruct him not to marry a a woman of Canaan like Esav did, but to marry someone from Rivka's family in Haran. Yitzchak then sends Yaakov off with his blessing, affirming Yaakov as the heir to his legacy. Esav, seeing how displeased his parents are with the behavior of his wives, takes one of Yishmael's daughters as a third wife. The Parsha ends at this point, but Rashi tells us that before Yaakov leaves for Haran, he actually spends an additional 14 years studying in the tents of his ancestor Eber before heading out. And that is where we come to the finish of this Parsha. Question time. First one, between Yitzchak wanting to go to Egypt when famine strikes and doing the same as his father and telling others Rivka is his sister when in the land of the Philistines, and I mean, going to the land of the Philistines anyway, I don't know if it was the exact same place, uh, is there any particular reason for his repetition and desire to repeat Avraham's actions? That's a good question, because we really do see him, you know, as you said, like do a lot of, uh, repeat a lot of the same actions. And I mean, it goes even further. He, he redigs the well, you know, the same wells. He, you know, does the same peace treaty. Yeah. It just keeps going on. I, mm-hmm. it's a really good, it's a really good question. Um, I'd say that, the really, and I think it touches on kind of the whole kind of idea of, of what Yitzchak does with, you know, what we see of his life, I think in general. Um, what we see, you know, you know, we see a lot of, of, of Abraham, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of space, a lot of time dedicated to Abraham. Um, but Yitzchak is relatively, he's, he's relatively a much, much less time is really kind of dedicated to him. And I think really Yitzhak represents a very different kind of, I guess, kind of paradigm. Really, Abraham was the was the was the one who who really started the thing. He was the one who rec- you know, who who came to recognize God and was the went through all these tests and did all these really, you know, performed all these really great actions and you know, went through all these tests. But 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 Yitzhak's life is relatively quiet by comparison because I think really Yitzhak is. Is all about kind of cementing what 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 Avraham had had kind of first established. 
Um, really, it's it's it's. Hmm. We kind of see that that hmm, the fact that he doesn't leave the land for for instance, is and the fact he's reestablishing things that, that Abraham had done is, is really because I think he's trying to kind of, I guess, yeah, cement, cement things in place. Um, I'm not sure if I'm really quite speaking it out so well, but. Okay. He's trying to, the things that Abraham started in in multiple regard or the multiple things that Avraham started he's he's uh trying to, is do you think he's giving them permanence is is he really establishing them to a greater extent than Avraham did in a certain way yes i think really what what Yitzchak does uh, uh, you know what he actually does what we see him do is really making a lot of these things more permanent I mean, this whole idea of him digging, digging wells, I mean, is, is it represents this kind of idea of really kind of something that penetrates far deeper. And I, it, I mean, the Lubavitcher Rebbe discusses the idea that really the kind of the service that the, the kind of the divine service that, that Avraham represents as opposed to Yitzchak are two very different things. Avraham, his whole idea is this outpour, is this pouring outward. It's a very... You know, Abraham is, you know, he goes out to greet everybody. He disseminates this divine knowledge to anybody he, he comes by. He does all these really great outwardly big actions. And so it represents a very idea of very top down that like regardless of who he interacts with and what sort of, you know, whatever sort of people or things he does, he's, he's, he's spreading it outward to like, you know, the same amount. Whereas Yitzhak is very much more about, about rest- restraint and about deepening the things that are really lasting. Abraham was a very charismatic individual and he had a lot of followers. But like, you know, we don't really see too many of those followers stay because Yitzchak represents a very, you know, uh, Yitzchak, it represents a very different kind of thing. He's much more, it, it's, it's not as outward. It's not as showy, but it's, it's much more, it, it digs a lot deeper. Um, I, I think the, I don't know if this is the Rebbe, but, they, I don't, but I've seen it, you compare the example to you know, pour when you pour water above, you know, into a hole, as opposed to digging down into find the water inside inside the earth. Really, which is about the well. You know, it's really finding that digging down to that much more permanent kind of thing from within, as opposed to this kind of top down, you know, out, you know, put, you know, coming from without. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Okay. Yeah, this has been really, really enlightening. A lot to think about. Thanks for your time, MC. Thank you. This is great. This has been PJ's Torah Corner. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.